This segment of Off the Hustle is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coaster scores. Coaster, Coaster five on five. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 23 of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser. I am your host. Not joined today by Troy as he's uh, on his second last um, you know, treatment for obviously with his battle he's got going on. So he's feeling a little under the weather today. Um, but he wanted to say his hellos and his, you know, quote unquote, hello. <laughs> Anyhow, so, but we are joined today by production manager, D. Danny Hayes. How's it going, buddy? Oh, can't complain, man. Back in the driver's seat of the podcast. It's Wednesday morning. Wow. I Wednesday's my favorite day now. Why is that? Yeah, it's hump day, middle of the wait, week. Wait, wait Wednesday? Oh! Bars are open up. up. This could get crazy. Anyhow, Danny D. Hayes, production manager. We um, obviously just did our contest, gave away that, and congrats to our winners. Yeah, congratulations, guys. And thanks for just, you know what, taking, uh, what's the word? I mean, Well, thanks to everybody who commented, their buddies, and shared on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those social media platforms that we have. You know, thanks a lot for the shoutouts, and um, yeah, congrats to our winners. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun uh, seeing, uh, I mean, I maybe need a new phone now for uh, the podcast as it was constantly blowing up, or I got in trouble at work for me and had my phone on the whole time, yeah. but... Yeah, there's um, lots, of, lots of comments. Uh, it, was, it was fun. Yeah. So, anyhow, Danny, I mean, how was your weekend? I mean, it's Wednesday, obviously. I mean, how was your weekend? What did you get up to? And, yeah, man, what's going on? Uh, this weekend, or this past weekend, I should say, I had to work again. So, I uh, got a few days off now and got a couple weekends off here. So, looking forward to that. So, I didn't do much on this past weekend, obviously. But, how was your weekend? Uh, I mean, it, we I, luckily enough, I had the Friday off with the SJHL draft. Uh, it was my fourth draft, I believe. So it's it's always fun. I mean, you wake up yeah. in the morning, it's draft day. You know, everyone's excited, a little anxiety. Um, you know, who's going where? And, and it's always an exciting day, obviously, for the Bantam kids yeah. themselves. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Get down to Weyburn and tell some laughs and, and some funny stories and just kind of get on with the draft. So uh, Saturday, I get out golfing. I head down to, to Tepua. Uh, Candace hooked us up with uh, some free golf. And, you know, we did some content out there and, it's in great shape, man. Yeah, it looked wow. good. Like, I saw the pictures that you showed me off the record, and it looked good, hey? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was terribly windy out, so. Oh, the wind oh. was brutal on the weekend. It's, God, it's I was. It's been nonstop. But. Then I have a wind burner. I don't know what the hell I have. But <laughs> anyhow, so we played golf out there. But this whole, the funny thing about the story is, though, so we picked up one of my buddies, and he, he wanted the, the shout-out, so we're, we're going to name drop him. So Josh Lafonbois. Yogi. Yogi Bear. Yogi, 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 yogi. So he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, we're getting the vehicle on the way out, and I think we're just past, uh, maybe just before four. Goes, Coach, I got shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? There's not, there's no gas station. He's like, no, I don't care. You got Kleenex? Yeah, napkins. No. I'm just like, what? No He's, way. He goes, yeah, all right. I'm like, oh, you got hand sanitizer too. Perfect. We got the whole nine yards here. So I pull off on this oh, little turn my. here. And he's like, yeah, right here. So I back in this little this little gravel road, and he gets out, oh. and he hops into the wet bush. <laughs> it's raining out. Hops in there. He's gone for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what he does? Obviously, he does, care of his business. does the old number two. Wow. And thanks to Sharma and Ultra Kleenex, we have in my vehicle at the time. And he uh, 
Wow. We did on the road. That's, so That's a tough look uh, there, Josh. But hey, uh, <laughs> He might lose followers from that one, actually, <laughs> instead of gaining them. But guess, um, When you got to go, you got to go, right? I've never seen it happen before. So, I mean, that's the first, and now it's on a podcast <laughs> with uh, just sewer them on the 6,000 listeners we have, which is great. Yeah. So, um, anyhow, so we, we golfed there, had a great time. I play Monday out of Deer Valley against the Greeno and Sammy. Hooked us up out there. My brother and I went out and did a ton of content, played some golf. Yeah. Great day out. Yeah, it looked oh. nice. And what yeah. did you shoot? I was 73. A lot of chance to close on some birdies. Just know the putter's not there yet. Yeah. Figuring it out. Um, played well. Troy shot 86. He played really well. I did him 18 shots. Oh, yeah. Um, he, not a booze. But um, <laughs> we did have a couple beverages, though. And, yeah, I mean. So what kind of beverages did you have, Drew? Well, it's funny you asked. I mean, we had a few Molson products. Yeah, speaking of Molson products, keep your eyes peeled for the new Coors Sliced Lime. It's the refreshing taste of Coors with just a hint of lime. Or try the new smooth, clean taste of Coors Organic. 90 calories, 4 grams of carbs, and made with organic barley and hops. And boys, they taste great. Hops. Hops. Yeah, thanks again, Stew Dog. Um, Yeah, so good weekend of golf, and then Monday was fun, and now we're here Wednesday uh, we have on, I mean, th- well, it's three guests, but it's, you know, inside the clubhouse featured today with uh, Tom from Calvington, home of the Coasters, as uh, you sass, you guys would know that. Yeah. Um, great track. Talk to him about their golf course and how they're handling, obviously, with COVID and, you know, how's their, you know, their course in shape and, and what, what's it looked like and stuff. So uh did chat with him, followed up by two great interviews. And they're actually like really good buddies too, which is kind of a... Yeah. Ironic. So, starting off the pod actually is uh, Mr. Scott Pritchard. He's the president of the McKenzie Tour, and followed up by you know former Cup champion uh, Mark Savard. Unreal guy. Eh? Oh, now he's assistant coach in the St. Louis Blues, and great. You no, know, both great guys. Great mm-hmm. interviews. Tell lots of good stories and how they got involved in their sports, and you know what Mark's doing now. He plays on some Canadian Tour events as well, and yeah. just all around great interviews. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to send it on over now to Tom? Yeah, let's do it, Drew. All right, guys, hope you guys enjoyed today. Off the Hosel and Inside the Clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused Dale Pedro Vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, we're now joined by Tom, the president of the Calvinton Golf Course. Uh, this is another segment of Inside the Clubhouse on the podcast of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser. Tom, what's going on today? How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Uh... Not too much going on. Well, seeding out here, I guess I am right now, and uh, and that. But it's a uh, it's a pretty good day. So double dipping, eh? Working two jobs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Another three days, then I can be on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> so Calvinton, home of the coasters for uh, all those Saskatchewan listeners, you know. Uh, yep. Like to say hi to Uncle Joe and uh, Auntie Rita there. So and you know all the other coasters and Melrose's that are all affiliated with us but um what's going on in calvinton how's the golf course how's it looking i know it's always in good shape um yeah and uh 
I, I stopped in there yesterday just to see how it was uh, making out, and I talked to a couple people who are back, and they stay at Marine Lake for the summer, and they were out for the first time this year, and they said it's probably in the best shape it's been this early as they've ever seen it for the last number of years that they've been coming here. So uh, the greens came through excellent through the winter, and uh, and the water's on, and the fairways are green, and it's it's looking real good. So, I mean, I haven't played in Calvington since I was probably – you know, 13, 15, we're playing in some junior events there. And, and I've, I've had some success. It's always a very good, very in good shape, very good course. Um, what are some of the new, I don't know, has there been any new adjustments to the golf course since, you know, 10 years ago? Uh, not a lot. We, maybe we've redone, and within the last 10 greens, we, last 10 years, we may have redone a few of the greens within that time, but, uh, um, other than that, no, not, nothing real major change. We've kept up. We've got a fountain in our uh, watering our pond there now and uh, uh, yeah, a few upgrades. And now, well, we just keep upgrading every year a bit as, uh, as it needs to be. So it's, uh, you know, everything always looks good there and, uh, and so on. So. so obviously with the, you know, COVID and the pandemic, you know, tournaments are kind of on a hold here. What are some of the stipulations and what are some of the things that you guys are doing you know, to make sure people are happy and, you know, they're getting to play golf and play the nine holes and turn around and play another nine. How are you guys handling all the all that stress on your shoulders? Well, we're adhering to the guidelines as close as we can here, and uh, it, it seems to be going pretty good. Like, uh, the, the, the tee times, now that they're 12 minutes, it seem, it's seeming like it's been able to accommodate everybody, and uh, we're trying to make it so if somebody wants to do back-to-back that, you know, you either book – at, you know, two hours and 12 minutes or two hours and 24 minutes, just in case there's a, a you know, a little bit of a backlog. But uh, so far, it's been good. I uh, talked to the manager, uh, like I say, a couple of days ago, and uh, it seems to be going pretty good. As far as tournaments, I mean, obviously, you know, we can't have any right now. When and if they're kind of good to go, will the tournaments that you guys have, you want to touch a base on some of those tournaments that you guys have out there? Um, yeah, we our par three one we usually have here in uh, about middle of June 21st, 22nd in there somewhere. It's a it's a par three uh, in the evening, and that may might not go just because of the time frame here. But then uh, we do have a mixed two person uh, Monday of the long weekend in August, which is always full. It's a real good tournament. It it looks like it possibly has a chance. And then our polar bear. Uh, mid-September you know a 96 golfer limit there and it always fills uh, you have to register early there and you know there's a chance it looks like it could go possibly by then too but uh, I guess we'll see what happens with the with the COVID here. Yeah so I also wanted to ask I mean obviously I don't know if you know off the top of your head but you know some of the prices and I mean have they fluctuated a little bit with you know, the pandemic and, you know, getting more people on the course or kind of what does it cost to play out in Calvin and, and what are some of those uh, prices and just pump your course up there? Um, well, I, I know for a fact we're one of the most reasonable nine hole courses in the province. We're $18 for nine holes and uh, uh, $18 for a power cart for nine holes. So, you know, you split a cart and you know, 27 bucks will get you nine holes of golf with, a you know, a half a cart. Our well, that's a deal. Fam- yeah, it's that's and then thirty bucks for eighteen, if and a daily for forty five. So when you know if this thing gets lifted and you want to golf all day, you can golf all day at Calendon for forty five bucks. You can do four rounds if you want. <laughs> there it is. So, uh, wow. Yeah, and, and normally we are just a walk on course. We don't take tee times. We've never taken tee times, 
but you know because we're forced to now we do but if you know if this thing lifts or or, or goes on in time here we'll uh we'll go back to our walk-on and we we do real good with the walk-on like that so uh that's how we've been running forever and it's it's working well so uh we hope to be able to get back to it again someday so so i was just curious too obviously i mean i mean obviously with golfing and hopefully this gets all lifted i mean are there more tournaments that could potentially happen there in Calvinton? Are there more, you know, even just like men's nights or ladies' days? Oh, yeah. yeah we have uh, regularly, we have men's nights Wednesdays, ladies' nights Thursdays. And then the first Friday of each month it was a mixed night that uh, that we have. Um, there is some, usually there is one more par three tournament in July as well. Like that we we usually have two of them. Uh, and uh, the second one usually goes in July. And other than that, with our mixed polar bear, uh, that's that's about it for for tournaments. Uh, I, well, no, I shouldn't say the credit union does put one on, and the RCMP does have one too. But uh, the RCMP one was in June, and they have canceled that for this year. But uh, no, we, there's usually a number of tournaments that go on here, and they're all, uh, you know, they're all uh, usually pretty full too. So. Well, Tom, this has been awesome. I look forward to uh, getting out to uh, Calvinton. I mean, it's it's been a long time, but I'm excited to get out there and play there again. So uh, keep your phone on because uh, we'll be calling, and I'm excited to. Oh, uh, sure, to play. I'd be more than happy to take you guys for a round and a beer or two or, or whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I just should mention too, when we were talking, I was talking about the green fees. I didn't like our family membership is very reasonable at six hundred and fifty dollars. Our single is three seventy five. Our uh, student is one forty, and our under twelve is uh, seventy five. So, uh, you know, we do have re- very reasonable. You know, if you wanted a membership too, and uh, and that, and, uh, and and members do get a break on the tournaments. You know, compared to a non-member in in the uh, home tournaments as well too. So, uh, there's that part of it as well. Well, Tom, this has been awesome. I appreciate this, and uh, I will be calling you, so keep your phone on, and uh, have a good rest of your summer. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate uh, you guys doing this for our course, too. Yep. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay, yeah, you too. This episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Extreme Hockey and Sports and Umbrella Marketing Solutions. One stop for all your sports, marketing, and corporate team and sales. Come down and see Donnie and Daphne for all your sports and corporate needs. Or contact at this number, 306-539-6101, or email donnyyearen at extremehockey.net. That's D-O-N-N-Y-U-H-R-E-N at extremehockey.net. Today I'm joined now with uh, uh, Mr. Scott Pritchard. Uh, he's been involved in the sports industry for 18 years in business and much more. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Scott. No problem, Drew. Thanks for having me. So, what's going on in your world? I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I mean, what day is it today? I mean, you're recording on a Saturday, so what's going on with you this weekend? And, um, yeah, how's things? Yeah, things are good. We're actually, I'm in Toronto, and we're, it's, it's really weird weather here today in all throughout Ontario, but we're, we're getting a uh, hail, sun, rain, uh, so pretty crazy day. So we're staying inside and just doing some uh, cleaning and, you know, the house and, I won't lie to you, we've, we're crushing some uh, TV shows as well. <laughs> what are you watching these days? Um, we just, or we're watching a show on Apple TV called Defending Jacob, uh, which just it just came out, a, a, I think, a couple weeks ago. So we we started watching that, and I mean, we, we've, we've watched a ton. I've been watching the, the Michael Jordan uh, feature. Unbelievable, eh? Hey? Yeah, really good, really good. And then... Uh, 
you know, playing a little bit of PS4, NHL, <laughs> um, and uh, doing a bit of reading as well, just to keep keep up to speed and up to date. And uh, my wife's pregnant, so we're oh nice, congratulations! Doing, yeah, thank you. She's due in July, so I've I've been doing a bit of reading on uh, new parenting and some parenting styles, that kind of thing. So, you know, overall keeping busy and keeping entertained as well. Are the golf courses open up there in Toronto yet or no? Unfortunately not. Um, the, the province hasn't cleared golf yet. I mean, we are anticipating that um, we'll hear something next week. Uh, Premier Ford touched on it at his press conference on yeah. uh, Friday. Um, I'm not sure I didn't hear his press conference today, but, um, you know, we're hopeful that it that it opens up. Uh, you know, some of the courses I've spoken to, especially ones that on our tour, um, are just hoping that they get a bit more uh, heads up from the from the premier in terms of when they can open. Uh, just because I know in other provinces that they've given them like no time. It's basically okay. Court golf's open tomorrow, and so I know that. I mean, it's probably <laughs> depending on who you talk to. Some are are probably ready to go now. And some are, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I think the the biggest um, question currently is with respect to the guidelines and you know the guidelines in each province in terms of the the information i that i that i've been able to gather is different from province to province i mean more or less it's if the guidelines are are similar but the differences are with respect to tea time intervals as an example Um, and you know how how long a person should be uh, at the golf course before their tea time or how soon um, so all those kind of things, but I, you know, I'm confident that, uh, you know, the province and the premier and the, the health officials are going to make the right decision when it's safe and, and the golf courses certainly will comply. So quickly, before we move on here, I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on, you know, I mean, 20 minute intervals. I mean, I, I know they just changed it to now, I mean, 12 now here in Saskatchewan or 10 or this. So they've changed that rule now. What is, what, what, what are your thoughts? You know, I those those kind of things are, are out of my control, so I, I tend not to dwell on them. If that's what the health authorities are, are recommending, then um, you know I think we have to we have to go based on their guidelines. And um, you know, if we have the chance to start the McKenzie Tour back up this season, then uh, we'll fall in line with those guidelines and we'll work closely with them. I mean, one of the advantages I think we'll have is that the PGA Tour is start, slated to start up. Uh, the week of June 11th. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're unsure in terms of when we'll start up, but, but we'll be able to take a lot of the best practices that they'll have implemented at both the PGA tour level and the corn Ferry tour level and implement those, uh, guidelines and policies, procedures, uh, at the appropriate time for our tour. Okay, Scott, I want to backtrack now to when you were younger. Um, where were you born? Uh, I mean, were you always involved in sports from a young age? I mean, when did, when did sports become, hey, like, this is awesome? Well, so I grew up in Whitby, which is a, I think when I grew up, it was a smaller town, about 40,000. It's probably about 140 at this point. Um, I'm sure you'll get some fact checkers there. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Whitby is a big hockey town, which you, you probably know. Uh, a lot of NHLers uh, have come from, from Whitby. Um, and, uh, you know, so grew up playing hockey and kind of knew. Um, I actually went to broadcast school in radio. I wanted to kind of get into being an hockey night in Canada, that kind of thing. Nice. But I realized 
realized pretty quickly uh, when I was in the program that I wasn't that talented or, or I, I, it wasn't necessarily I wasn't talented. I don't think I, my heart was in it as much as I thought it was. Um, but I did graduate from Humber with a diploma in radio broadcasting. And then I went to, uh, to the University of Ottawa uh, and did a communications degree. But before I went there, I, I got some good advice actually from my brother. He's just like, you know, when you go to school, try and find a job while you're in school that's going to give you the opportunity to kind of seamlessly transition into the professional world, into your career. And so um, I had some friends from Whitby that actually played on the, on the hockey team at, at the University of Ottawa, uh, and they inter- introduced me to the head coach, and um, I started working in the athletic department specifically for the hockey team in my nice. second semester at the University of Ottawa. And, uh, and then in the summers, I worked. I, I still worked for the hockey team more just on a part-time basis, sort of getting things going for the season. But I also worked at a, at a golf shop uh, called Chuck Brown Golf, which isn't around anymore in Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> kind of knowing that when I graduated, I wanted to work in sports, and whether it was golf or hockey, those were sort of my two passions. And then lo and behold, when I, uh, when I graduated, I, I applied for an internship with the PGA of Canada, and their big event at the time was called the CPGA Championship, and it was played on the, the nationwide tour, now called the Corn Ferry Tour. So that was kind of my first foray into professional golf, and I worked it with that organization for about eight years in a number of different capacities. And then uh, in 2011, I was approached by the former commissioner of the Canadian Tour uh, to come and work for the Canadian Tour, and then uh, kind of risen through the ranks uh, the pga tour um, acquired the canadian tour in 2012 at the end of 12 and we had our first season as pga tour canada in 2013 and uh yeah i've been there ever since so would you say if golf didn't work out i mean would you want to be involved in hockey then maybe a, a pr guy or mm-hmm. broadcasting or uh, along those lines yeah i mean I, I think if you would have asked me that 10 years ago I probably would have said that I think now would be more on the on the business side of thing uh, things in terms of partnership sponsorship you know that kind of thing I'm also fascinated you know with the general manager duties I, oh, yeah. I, I would tell I you that it. I'm not <laughs> yeah I'm not qualified but uh, you know certainly I've gotten to know Kyle Dubas a little bit and you know I follow him quite closely both from a you know the job he's doing but also has how he carries himself and his demeanor um, you know, that's someone I, I certainly look up to. So you mentioned you even went to the, Oh, sorry. I was going to say, even though he's probably 10 years younger than I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so you went to, uh, university of Ottawa. Um, you know, I want to know uh, how was that? I mean, obviously you mentioned a little bit about your schooling and, and want to play some hockey and whatnot and work in the business, but, uh, did you know right away what you wanted to study? Yeah. I, it, the, the, it was kind of laid out for me because I had done my uh, my diploma in radio broadcasting. That communications was uh, was sort of a natural fit for that. Um, and then I also I have an interest in politics, and so I I took a number of political science classes as well. And uh, actually, I still keep in touch with one of my uh, professors uh, in the political science program. He's actually retired, but he's a he's a big golfer, and he lives in Vancouver. And so I uh, when we're in Vancouver every year. Uh, we'll go for dinner or lunch or breakfast or coffee or whatever. And we've, we've actually only played golf once together, but, uh, but I, you know, the 
the memories and the, the education, certainly I think more so on the, uh, on the social side, I, I definitely had a lot of fun in Ottawa and it's, uh, I remember those times very fondly. So uh, moving into some uh, golf now and obviously with your new job, I mean, we'll get to that a little later here, but I want to know, I mean, how much are you traveling for your job? I mean, some of your favorite places to go and visit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the question, how much, how much do I travel? Yeah. How much are you traveling and some of your favorite yeah. places to go? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm traveling quite frequently. Um, I, I think it's over at least over a hundred days a year. Um, oh, wow depending on, on the year, I'm pretty much at every event, not necessarily for the entire week, but, um, you know, certainly for a portion of the week. And I also tend to visit a number of the, the markets that our events are held um, throughout the year, uh, working with the tournaments on, on a number of different uh, different sorts of business within their within their tournament and their framework. Um, you know, I'm... I'm I think one of my favorite cities on our tour to visit is Victoria. Um, I, I think it's just the weather in Victoria is awesome. Yeah. Some great golf courses, great restaurants, um, you know, really kind of got that local feel there. And that's something that I, I certainly uh, enjoy in, in every market that, that we go to. Um, you know, I'm a connoisseur of, of craft beer. And so that's something that, you know, if you're a craft beer connoisseur, you get to yeah. in all the various cities. You get to enjoy the local local beers, and so you know, I think of Saskatoon as a uh, Winston's. I think it's called or Sir Winston's, and Drift is one a, a really uh, yeah. great restaurant that I that I enjoy in Saskatoon, and um, you know, Halifax is another great city. Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. So. Um, I guess I'm leaning more. I mean, I guess I mentioned the prairies, but certainly probably leaning more towards the the coasts. So you were named the new head of uh, Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada. I mean, how is that all? I mean, how does that all work out? I mean, how does it transpire? I mean, I mean, obviously you you've been with them for so long. Um, also, how, how how's that workload for you now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly gotten. Uh, <laughs> a lot this year, um, you know, with what's going on with COVID-19. Um, but I, I had been with the tour since it started and, uh, you know, I was lucky to have some great mentors and leaders were to, that I've worked for Jeff Monday, who retired as the president of PGA tour Canada, uh, last year, um, was, you know, super knowledgeable, had been working with the PGA tour for 30 years at the end of his tenure. So, um, I was actually texting with him a couple of weeks ago and I, I said to him whether I knew it or not, um, you know, what we're dealing with now, I, I learned a ton from you um, during, during the time when we weren't in this, in this pandemic. Um, and so those are the, the, those are the things that you realize that, you know, I think subconsciously that you learn and you maybe, you maybe not necessarily take them for granted, but, um, they don't become as prevalent. Maybe not be using some of the skills that you've uh, you've learned, and then it in this certain situation, certainly a lot of um, circumstances that I've learned from have, have come to light because of uh, the coronavirus. So, guy like yourself, Scott, that's in uh, obviously in this role. Uh, I'd imagine there's a lot of stress. Uh, I don't know if you want to answer this question or not. I mean, are you worried? Uh, I mean, I mean, financially for the tour. I mean, will it survive? Uh, are there enough sponsors to cover for the for this? I mean, this year. Yeah, yeah we should be fine. I mean, the the PGA Tour is a a, a huge organization, and and 
um, we have great leadership at, at the PGA Tour and, um, you know, I'm, I remain optimistic that we'll be able to pull off something this year. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of mitigating factors that we have to take into consideration, but uh, I have no doubt that we'll persevere through, uh, through this pandemic. So, I mean, I'm always interested uh, talking about this stuff. I mean, what kind of steps are you taking and working toward getting the season underway? Uh, I mean, or does that come down from the PGA guys, as you mentioned? I mean, are they telling you kind of like, here's the guidelines and the steps, or are you doing a lot of legwork too? Yeah, we're we're doing a ton of legwork. I mean, we're in touch with every uh, uh, province in terms of the political leadership to understand uh, what the guidelines are going to be, you know, what their their protocols are and the policies on mass gatherings. And, you know, I believe that golf is well positioned to fall within the guidelines, but we're we're waiting to, to get a better understanding of that. You know, the border being shut and whether or not that's going to be extended uh, is a real kind of factor for us at this point because we, we, our tour is comprised of about 75% American-based players. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, the border is something that we're keeping a close eye on. Um, but w- what I will say, um, Drew, is that if we're given the green light to go ahead and, in a, and we can do it in a safe environment uh, that meets the, the requirements from the local health authorities, we're certainly going to do so. And, um, you know, we're going to take, take their advice, uh, you know, and, and hopefully we'll have the, the opportunity to play. So you just mentioned, um, obviously, with travel and, and whatnot. And actually, my cousin, I mean, he played in the Canadian Tour, McKenzie Tour for a long time, sorry, Canadian Tour when, when it was that. Uh, he also caddies now on the PGA. Uh, I, I, I've been I've talked to him and he said that you know what people are playing a lot of events right now you know I wanted to know like what are your thoughts on guys like Vijay Singh playing in corn for events and stuff I mean like guys out of play right I mean yes I mean Vijay's earned, the, earned that right so um, you know I mean he, he's got a spot in the event the, the regulations allow him to play in the event so um, you know he's going to tee it up and I'm sure some of the players that play practice rounds with him and, uh, you know, play with him will potentially learn something from him based on his resume. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there is, a, um, I think a number of players, uh, you know, some talk I've heard is that those first few events could be like majors just in terms yeah. of the, the field. So <laughs> they're I'm saying excited they're full out. Yeah. We're, we're, they, yeah I, it's very exciting though. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to, uh, you know, get live sports back on. And, and I think golf is going to, um, you know, it, it, it's looking like it's going to be the first uh, major sport that's that's going to come back. And so uh, hopefully uh, people will, will tune in to watch. And I know the, the PGA Tour is taking every precaution to ensure the, the safety of every stakeholder and constituent uh, at those events and in those specific markets. So, granted, we talked about the travel and we talked about the Kansas tour. I want to ask if, I mean, let's just say the travel, I mean, traveling wasn't wasn't allowed. Would the McKenzie tour be ready to get going if the green light is given? Definitely. Um, we've been in touch with all of our events, uh, and there, everyone's just waiting. We're, I mean, we, we're as prepared as we can be with with the limited information that we have, but uh, we've been working our entire staff with on safety protocols, on what tournaments are going to look like, on financials in terms of sponsorship. You had mentioned that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in touch with McKenzie Investments, our umbrella sponsor. 
uh, very frequently. Canada Life as another huge partner, APB in, in Calgary. So, um, you know, there's a real willingness to, to, to play. Um, but ultimately, like I said, I think too much is that it's, it's got to be safe to do so. But I can say that, Drew, that all of our partners, be it sponsors, our tournaments, what we call the host organizations, uh, the facilities that we play at have all been amazing during this time and very flexible and understanding. And, and, and that's been a real positive experience uh, despite the you know, overall negativity with, with coronavirus. Um, last question here, Scott, before we go to our segment, uh, questions from the gallery. I want to know, I mean, you might not know the answer to this, but plans for the tour to come back to Saskatchewan. Yeah. So we're, you know, we'd love to get back to Saskatchewan. Um, we had an event in Saskatoon for eight years at Dakota Dunes and, uh, it was a great event. Um, really good partnership with SEGA, uh, and a number of other partners, uh, Sastel is an example in, in Saskatoon and, and in the province, the, the province itself as a partner, uh, tourism Saskatoon. So certainly there is a willingness there and we remain, uh, you know, keeping in touch with our, with our friends in, uh, in Saskatoon and Hugh Vassos who actually runs our event in Kelowna lives in Saskatoon. Um, so, you know, I talk to Hugh frequently and, and we're, we're always looking at opportunities to grow the schedule. Um, and certainly Saskatchewan, whether it be in Regina or Saskatoon is, is certainly on our target market list. Case got off to our segment called Questions from the Gallery. Reminder to use the promo code off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. That's off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. Alrighty, uh, favorite golf course you have played? Ooh. So, golf course I had the privilege of playing a few years ago was Seminole Golf Club, and that, that's one of my favorites. And it's also timely because the, the Taylor Made match event that is going to be played there on May 17th. Uh, so I'm excited to see Seminole in all its glory on TV. Uh, low, I'll, let oh. me let, let me interrupt you. I say my <laughs> favorite Canadian. I guess I got to do the Canadian favorite Canadian course would be uh, Cabot Cliffs in in Cape Breton. Awesome, awesome course. I'm sure your listeners, if they played it, would would probably agree with me. Uh, and if you haven't played it, I'd certainly encourage you to get out there. I've only played on the Xbox, so I'm, but my goal is to get out there and play <laughs> it. So. <laughs> Uh, lowest round? Uh, two under par. Where? Uh, Peninsula Lakes in the Niagara region. Nice. Um, if, if golf wasn't, I mean, let's just, I mean, was a job that didn't work out, what would you be doing? I mean, because golf is just technically your job now. I mean, let's just say mm-hmm. golf was not involved in your job. What would you be doing? I mean, if it wasn't, let's take, if it wasn't sports, I think it would be potentially in, in craft beer of some sort or okay. hospitality nice. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite golf memory, whether it be from your job or as a fan? Ooh, that is a really, really good question. <laughs> um, put me on the spot. Um, oh, man, that is uh, a tough one. I would say the first time I had the opportunity to play TPC Sawgrass. Nice. Um, that'd be unreal. You know, yeah. Playing the 17th hole, you know, waiting the entire round to get there. And, uh, Did you I dunk one? Made a par. No, I actually <laughs> made par. Uh, nice. So that, that was really cool. Um, and I, I think in general, like, you know, I think of when you ask that question, I think of all the people and friends that I play with, 
a good friend of mine, Jeff Deitzman. Um, we have a ton of fun playing golf, a lot of chirping, going back and forth. And we're also, I mean, he's gotten a bit better than me over the, over the last few years, but typically we have a pretty tight match. Um, so I just think of, you know, other friends, uh, having like Jason Logan, the score golf's another one, Dennis for, I mean, I, the list goes on, but certainly just the friendships that you make in this sport, um, is, is truly awesome. And, uh, I hold all memories, uh, you know, playing with close friends and I actually keep a book of everyone that I play with. And I, from time to time, I look back nice. on it of, uh, you know, who I played with throughout the year. So I'm, I'm missing a ton of people, obviously, but those are some names that come to mind. Uh, hole in ones. Zero. Hey, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ultimate foursome. Oh, man, that's another tough question. You know, <laughs> uh, um, I, I have to include my grandfather in there. He, he got me started in the game, gave me a first my first set of clubs, I'd have to throw uh, Dyke, Jeff Dykeman in there just because, uh, um, you know, when Jeff and I started playing together, we, you know, he, he helped me a lot with my game. Um, man, this is it. So I only got to name one more person, and I know someone's going to listen. What about me? <laughs> um, I guess if it was a, a dream for some scenario, um, I, think it, I think it would be Tiger you throw Tiger in there just because I think you could learn a ton uh, in in 18 holes if you if you played with him. Well, Scott, this has been fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I don't know if you have anything else you want to mention here, um, but this has been awesome. No, thanks, Drew. I, I really appreciate you uh, you having me on, and I, I wish you well with the pod, and uh, I'm hoping that I know for you guys you have your target date of May 15th to get out playing, so hopefully everyone oh, will yeah. get out there. and Booked my tea time already. <laughs> oh, we're going to be swinging. Oh, yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with everything. Take, take care, Scotty. Okay, see ya. This segment of Off the Hustle is brought to you by Brownies Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownies Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownies Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Alrighty, today we are pleased to be joined by 14-year NHL vet, Silky Mitts. He may have been the one to invent the full sock tape job. Former Stanley Cup champion, Mark Savard. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Mark. Great, thanks for having me, buddy. So, I mean, I know you're golfing a ton. What are you up to these days? I mean, obviously with the pandemic, I mean, you're golfing. Uh, what's going on in your life and how's Toronto? Yeah, I'm up in uh, I'm up in Peterborough, Ontario, and uh, we have a place in town, and we also have a cottage. So, uh, been doing a lot of traveling back and forth. It's only but it's only really a 10 minute, 15 minute drive from Peterborough. So, we're lucky that way. But we've been spending a lot of time, you know, out on the water, uh, like at our cottage. And then I have a golf course out there, Wildfire I'm at. So I've been playing a lot of games. We just opened up uh, last week, but I've probably got about. I don't know six seven games in already, so I've been lucky that way. But um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a weird weird time in, in our lives. So uh, been back golfing at least, trying to keep stuff a little bit normal. So how's the golf game? <laughs> uh, not bad. Um, you know, with with what's going on, we can't use the range right now, obviously. Oh really? 
I'd like to work on some things. Well, you can use the range a little bit for a warm up, but you can't mm-hmm. you can't go there unless you're playing. So that makes it a little weird. But uh, I had a good weekend actually. I went uh, our course of par seventy two, so I went seventy seventy one, seventy six, sixty nine. So I had three, three wow. good games in the weekend. Yeah. Well, usually I'm a pretty good player, and my golf game right now is absolutely shit. So um, <laughs> it's frustrating. We actually can use the range. We have to actually like basically it's one one set of balls a day to the use. So you had it checked in the pro shop, and they give you a set of balls to go hit some smash some eggs. But yeah, that's crazy. You guys can't even use the range down there. I mean, un- unless you're playing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. We can't go like after a round if there's something we you know exactly want to work on. You can't do that. So. Uh, that's been a little frustrating, but I mean, we're just happy to be out playing. Obviously it's been so long. So, um, that's been a nice thing to be able to do right now, obviously. So, uh, I want to backtrack. You were born in Ottawa, I believe. Um, I want to backtrack to a young Mark Savard lifestyle. What were you doing growing up? What sports were you involved in besides hockey? Oh, I grew up in Ottawa. Like you said, I, I played uh, lacrosse as a kid, um, uh, in the summers, never, Never uh, was introduced to golf. Actually, it was really? weird. My uh, yeah, my dad never put me in golf, and uh, actually, my first time I try uh, I tried golf was when I was in the NHL. We I was playing with the Rangers. Uh, we didn't make the playoffs that year, and the boys said, "Let's go golfing," and I was like, "Ah, I don't know." And anyway, so I went out and played, and obviously, I fell in love with it. So. Um, you know, thank God I, I got introduced to the sport finally. But, yeah, just a lacrosse kid growing up uh, in the off offseason. Uh, I played baseball a couple times, you know, AAA baseball or whatever it was in the, uh, for two years, but kind of lost lost interest in it and just played played lacrosse and, and then hockey, some summer hockey. I didn't play much summer hockey. I wanted to take a break from it. So that's about it. And then, uh, yeah, that's, those, those, that's what I did back in the day. So when you were playing hockey as a youngster, I mean, and then obviously like you move on to play in Oshawa and absolutely rip it up there. When were when was the time when you're like, wow, this could like really be a job one day? I mean, I mean, obviously you were super good at what, at what you did. When did it kind of clue in like, hey, I could probably do this for a living? I, I think it was that, you know after my first year when I made the team, and uh, I think I ended up with almost a point a game that first year. Um, I kind of thought, you know, that this is, yeah, I could probably end up doing this for for the rest of my life if I if I focus and 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 put the time in in the off season. So I did that, and um, you know, really, um, you know, learned a lot along the way. But I, it was definitely that first year after junior hockey that I thought, you know what, if I can put the time in here, you know, I hopefully I can be successful, and and things worked out. It wasn't always the easiest road, and you know, I, I know even my son's going through it now. He's He's drafted by the Greyhounds, and you know he's he's working his way up. So hopefully he has an opportunity to play. But it's uh, yeah, it was probably back then in Oshawa that I thought after my first year, you know, I'm going to put the time in here and, and try and make a career out of it. I believe that you were a smaller forward, correct? I think I'm right. A small? What's that? Like you were a smaller forward, correct? Playing in the junior. Oh and then, yeah. Yeah. So I was just curious, as a smaller guy, especially back then. Like, did you find that you have to work that much harder? And, you know, you probably got I mean, even even abused on the ice. I mean, you're so much smaller than some of the guys, right? Well, yeah, and, and if you remember back then, I was I was playing in the era where the big guy was the guy everybody wanted to draft. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was tough. You know, I was telling you're not, you know, you're too small. You're not you're too slow. You're not going to make it. But, I mean, you had to keep, keep positive. And 
I, I was able to do that. But again, yeah, it was a tough road back then. They all, it was the big guy. Everybody wanted to draft the big guy, and <laughs> and and I was definitely not that. So, uh, but things worked out pretty well. So, was college hockey ever a thought for you, or always no, a, my, a junior? No, no, my schooling was never the. <laughs> I was never at the top of my class. That's for sure. So, no. Uh, I mean, I, I was when I was playing though when I was younger. I you know I had a good year in junior B. I was playing there as a as a fifteen year old, and um, I ended up winning the scoring title that oh, year. Wow. I think I had, yeah like forty four goals, five assists, and uh, I won the title that year. But I ended up getting a lot of things from school, which was kind of funny. I remember getting Michigan State vividly because of the green and white. Um, but uh, yeah, so. It was something that was neat to get those those uh, invites, but no, for sure I was 100% junior hockey. So now moving into your NHL career, I mean, you play from 03 to 17. You play in New York, Atlanta, Calgary, Boston. How were those experiences? Some of your best memories? I mean, I was just curious about even like, you know, playing it in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I actually had a, a fun career. Uh, I loved all my stops. Um you know, obviously starting in New York, a little scary starting in New York, you know, being only 20 years old and, and living in that atmosphere alone. And uh, I was living in Rye, New York, though, which wasn't bad where our practice room was at the time. And then I moved on to Calgary after two years of playing with my idol, Wayne Gretzky, which was also a, one of the best things ever. So, and then I moved to Calgary and really enjoyed my time there. Calgary was an up and coming city, great people. Uh, we had a lot of friends there at the time. And then from Calgary, three and a half years, uh, you know, playing with Jerome McGinlaw was awesome, and uh, we had a lot of great years together. And then I went up to Atlanta, and that's where my career really took off. I, I had some decent years in Calgary, but uh, when I came to Atlanta and Bob Harley got the job, uh, he really started playing, you know, playing me a lot. I was up around 21 minutes that year a game and had a great season there and, um, you know, became a free agent uh, after my uh, third year there, third and three and a half years actually there. And then, uh, you know, I, I always, for some reason, when I went to Boston to play, really loved the city. I always had good games in the garden. I loved the yellow rink. It was just bright inside. Yeah. Um, when they came knocking, it was um, it was a pretty cool day. I was actually playing in my club championships uh, <laughs> at, at Kawartha, one of my golf courses, and uh, I, I got a call from my agent, and he said, uh, you know, Boston wants to sign you for your deal. And I had to some other offers nashville the rangers actually and calgary had offered me stuff back so uh and then he called about an hour later and he said listen i'm gonna need a an answer from you um the bruins just signed chera and i thought i said the bruins just signed chera and they still want me and he said yeah you only have an hour to decide so it was like oh okay and i was talking to my buddies at the course and then obviously connected with some family members and then it was it was the decision for me and uh you know, Boston was my favorite place of all. And, you know, we loved it as a family there. And, and uh, you know, we had a nice condo down in Charlestown. And uh, that was probably my favorite place. You know, obviously, we ended up winning the cup. I was injured at the time. But uh, being around the guys, it was a great thing. But uh, really, uh, probably my favorite place to play that I played in my uh, career. So quickly, before we talk about, like, obviously, winning the cup, I wanted to ask, what, what was it like? I mean, obviously, playing in Atlanta, you said you had so, so much success. Did you play with Kovalchuk and those guys? Oh yeah, I played with Kovalchuk. Uh, he was a special, special player. Uh, you know, we connected for a lot of, of goals, and our power play was was really good back then. I got to play with Danny Heatley there, who was a good friend of mine still to this day. Uh, I played with um, Marion Hosa. 
uh, we had some good guys come through there. You know, we just couldn't all be there at once. At, and, you know, we had, had Kozlov there. Yeah. We had, we had run into a lot of goaltending issues back then. I mean, one year we went through six goaltenders, and it was uh, it was kind of our Achilles heel. But I uh, really loved Atlanta, especially because I, I lived in Sugarloaf, TPC Sugarloaf. So uh, that, was a, that was a bonus for sure. A lot of golf, hey? <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of golf. And, <laughs> and I uh, actually became good friends with Stuart Sink. Nice. Uh, and then I ended up caddying for him in the John Deere Classic. Uh, actually, the year that Michelle Wee played on the men's tour her first time, I yep. was caddying for, for Stewart at that event. So that was a, a pretty fun time. So now segueing to obviously winning the cup, and you mentioned you were injured. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, you won one cup. How was that experience? You know, just being a part of that. That must have been so special for you and and your family. Yeah, it was. We had, you know, we had worked so hard as a team, and and up until that point, and I, I played early in that year and had my last injury. But I was around the guys and and watching how they were battling and playing. It was pretty special, and uh, you know, getting the cup and getting my name on it. You know, then putting my name on was a nice move by the Bruins organization. And then you know, having that party, and I remember taking it to Kawartha here at my golf club, and you know, the people coming in really appreciating the time to uh, get a picture with with the cup and myself and. And then having a nice party uh, that night was was really special. Having a band and you know it's something you'll never forget. And and uh, now hopefully you know I, I'm going to experience again maybe as a coach if if we get an opportunity. Yeah. So quickly be, before we talk about your coaching now, uh, I wanted to ask me. I, I think you played in the Swiss A Swiss B League. Uh, how was playing hockey over there? And did you golf in some cool places over there? Um, no, I didn't bring the clubs. I didn't play golf, but, uh, yeah, I, I went over there in the lockout year. I had, uh, just come off two MCLs, one on each knee. So Ugh. that's why I went into the Swiss B league just to try and see, uh, see how they would hold up. And, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, the league wasn't the strongest, but, uh, I enjoyed playing there. had a lot of fun in, in HC Turgau. And then, uh, heater was in Bern and he had, he had reached out to me seeing if I wanted to go over there and, I ended up signing a deal for, for a month uh, in Bern and went up there and tried that out. and uh, It was a lot of fun. It was a great, great, beautiful country and uh, really loved it over there. And, and maybe someday I'll get to go back, even even for coaching. Are you still playing uh, pickup once in a while with some men's league or no? Well, not that I'm coaching, but you know, the last couple of years before that, I played, played a couple of years, like maybe two, three years. But it was just a two games a week and uh, playing with some buddies from the golf course. It was more about... Uh, you know, having a couple of waters afterwards, so, uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And, uh, I didn't play any this year because I was coaching too much. It takes a lot of hours boy, doing that, but uh, it was a lot of fun. So now speaking of coaching, you played 14 years and you don't go too, I mean, too far. Now you find yourself not with a stick, but now with a whiteboard. How has that changed for you? Like what's that transition like? Uh, it's been good. You know, uh, I've been able to work with some great guys. Craig Barube brought me in and, you know, I Mike Van Ryan, who I think it'll be a head coach in NHL any day. I mean, he's 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 really brilliant uh, in what he does. And then Steve Ott, you know, he's helped me out a ton too. And, and you know, he's pretty new on the scene too, but he'll have a future if he wants to. But just a great group of guys working with them. You know, the video guy Sean Farrell and, and the video uh, the goalie coach Dave Alexander. We have such a tight knit group. Spend a lot of time together. It's a lot more hours though than than when you were a player for sure. But it's been really enjoyable being around those guys and. and and learning the ropes, uh, you know, me and Chief played together in, in Calgary, so uh, we have a good connection. We used to ride the rink together, so that's kind of how it all came to fruition. But 
I love, uh, I love, I love it. I, you know, I enjoy talking hockey and it's every minute of the day and being around the guys and, and working the power play. It's, uh, it's really worked out well. So are you running the forwards and, and Otter's running the back end or how, uh, how's that working out? Uh, Van Ryan runs the back end and Otter, Otter, uh, runs the penalty kill and I run the power play. So, uh, that's kind of how we work it. And, and obviously chief makes all the calls, but it's, uh, we have a great group. Like I said, everybody listens and, and everybody works together at the same common goal. So we've had a lot of fun. And, and like I said, if we get a chance to come back, you know, I, I think we have a, as good opportunity as anybody, especially playing without Tarasenko all season long and yeah. you know, he'll be ready to go. So that'll be a nice uh, weapon in our arsenal. Um, I was just curious, what do you like most about coaching? I mean, I coach now and I coach junior B, but I mean, like, obviously I want to get to where you are now. Um, what do you like most about it? I mean, obviously coming from a former player for so long, but now you're right back in it. And I was just curious what, what you like most about it. Well, you know, it's, it's just being around the guys again. It's, it's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, you, you miss that, you miss the camaraderie and, and the chirping back and forth. I mean, we chirp all the time and, and even as a coach, like, you know, chief, chief of me are buddies. So these guys, you know, they, they kind of put in a situation to coach with them and, and he brought me in himself. So me and him get at it pretty good. And, and especially in, in during games in the room and stuff, but uh, the other guys enjoy it, but that's, that's part of it. After we laugh and we, you know, we have a beer after and, and some good laughs about it, but it, it's just been a lot of fun. And it's uh, just being around the guys. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And it's the biggest thing that I'm enjoying again. So quickly before we go into some golf here, I, I think I know the answer to this. I mean, obviously he's from Regina, but uh, who are some of the best golfers on the team? And do you ever ever did to play with the boys on, on the golf course? Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't this year, but, you know, I hear Bozak's a pretty good player. I think he's a scratch, so uh, I haven't got out with him. And I know the boys love playing. I've seen, I seen them a couple times there uh, after the, the break here. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great players around the league. There, are, there always has been. You know, the, the hockey swing goes hand, the hockey shot goes hand in hand with the golf swing. So, uh, the boys can certainly bomb it. Uh, I'm not bombing it anymore as I'm getting older, but I'm getting <laughs> smarter, getting smarter out there. So, but yeah, there's a lot of great players, and, and I'm, I'm hopefully going to get an opportunity to play with uh, Bozy and, and take some money from him. <laughs> uh, what's your handicap these days? Plus one, plus two? Uh. It was funny with that. So I actually ended the year, uh, like I think I was like a scratch point, point five. Uh, but now with the handicap session, uh, I went to the course, you know, to start off the year and, and playing my, playing my game with the other guys. And all of a sudden I'm a plus one. I don't know what oh, happened. To the, you're giving shots now. <laughs> yeah. The scoring system got flipped at our course somehow with the, there's a world handicap now or something. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I'm a plus one right now. I don't know, but I, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually play off the zero, so it's been uh, it's been good. I put a lot of work in, though. I tell you, my I got a great wife here who lets me go to the course <laughs> often, so uh, I'm lucky that way. So I mean, we're talking golf now. This is perfect. Uh, I've done some research, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you've played on played on the Kenzie Tour a few times. Yeah, I have. I've been fortunate. Um, How was that experience? That. It, it's really good. I mean, uh, it, it, they're so good. You realize how good they are when you're out there and. Um, I have a, a buddy I went to school with actually, and uh, he's now the head of the McKenzie Tour. So maybe I'll get another opportunity here and Scotty. practice a little bit. Yeah, Scotty Pritchard. So, yeah, uh, good lad. Went to school with him back in high school, and and uh, we stayed friends, you know, all the way from there. And uh, he's helped me out a lot. He got me those starts, and 
uh, one of them actually had the bad the bad elbow from hockey uh, shooting too many pucks, so I couldn't <laughs> uh, couldn't finish the one time. But um, no, it, it was it's been really great, and it was great to get the opportunity and just see how good those guys really are. So I was just curious. I mean, you're telling me you're playing 36 yesterday, and I mean, how often are you playing? I mean, I mean, you're gone all winter long, or are you playing a ton of golf in the summer? I mean, obviously w- with the pandemic, but I mean, you must be playing a ton this summer, hey? Right? Yeah, I usually, I probably average, uh, you know, at least four times a week, you know, maybe five. Nice. Um, yeah, so I get out there quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm right into it. I got the chipping green in the backyard. I got the uh, couple fake tees back there to work on those short games. So, um, yeah, I put the time in, that's for sure. And it's really something that I really enjoy. And, you know, you always think uh, maybe in the future, you know, I'll try and do the senior tour, but I mean, when you get out there and you watch those guys and see how good they are, you, you, know, you get uh, you get a little wake-up call. So uh, I don't know if there's going to be any senior tour in my game, but uh, definitely there's going to be a lot of golf. Well, that was kind of my, my next question. I was just going to say, like, I mean, you're a hockey coach in the winter, and then I was going to wonder, maybe a pro golfer in the summer, are you traveling? I mean, playing maybe some more McKenzie Tour events? And, I mean, if your game's up to par, I mean, who knows? You'd probably uh, compete with some of those big dogs. Yeah, I, I got a long way to go for there. You know, it, the big thing is, is I've never been a guy that's played year round. I, I, you know, I, I looked at before getting houses in maybe Florida or uh, Arizona. So I'm um, a little ways away from that. But those guys are so good. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work if, if, if I ever wanted to do that. But, you know, for now, I'm enjoying playing in these Canadian mid-amateurs, which I get to play in. And uh, I qualify for those mostly every year and uh, played in a couple amateur events here and uh, you know, I, I enjoy the club championships, and my own course holds a you know a three day tournament that you know a lot of college kids come to, which I've actually ended up winning twice. So um, nice, and I've won and I've won a club, couple club championships. So uh, I just love the feeling. I love that feeling of being under the pressure, under the gun. You know, um, just everything being on you, and it's something that uh, that I cherish when I'm when I'm in those situations. So I, I really love golf tournaments. So last little note here before we go into our segment, uh, questions from the gallery. I mean, there's a lot of questions, but I wanted to ask curiously before we move on here, are you involved in any charity work or foundations still and maybe even in your past? Uh, yeah, so we started a, a foundation uh, two years ago, uh, Project 91, and it was for concussion research. Um, and uh, we end up making some shirts and, and doing some hats and doing some stuff on YouTube, kind of with my taping twigs stuff, uh, worked in in there, and it did really well. We raised some money, and uh, I think we raised around twenty thousand dollars, and then I matched it uh, with twenty of my own. So, uh, you know, we did that. Um, you know, people have been barking at us to get back at it, but it's been a busy year with with me being away and and my wife being here in Peterborough because she's the, actually the mastermind behind it all. So nice. Um, but yeah, so we did that, and uh, you know, I, I get in some other things when I get an opportunity, golf tournaments or whatever I can do to to help anybody out. Uh, I love doing that stuff. So where can you find the website just in case people want to check it out? Uh, well, it, I, I'm not sure. Sh- there's it's still up. Maybe Project 91. We're running out of gear, so I think there is stuff online still. But it, uh, I think it's Project91.ca. To to be honest, with you, it's been a long time since I've been on there myself. So. <laughs> But I think it's on. It, it, it's up on my uh, Twitter account. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Adam Savvy ninety one. If you look on that, uh, it, it's in my uh, heading there. So if you if you take a look there, you'll find it. 
Okay, well, uh, I'll definitely put that out in the in the post when we post this uh, podcast. Um, okay, off to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. That's off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. Alrighty, Mark, there's a ton of questions here. Must be a lot of Bruin fans down here in Regina, Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan in general. Uh, right to it though. This question is anonymous, but cheapest guy you played with, and who always pays for the bills? Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you get a lot of guys uh, that are a little bit stingy, um, and you don't ever love to talk about it. So, uh, there's been a lot of guys along the way, um, and, and but a lot of times now, like when I when I actually finished playing, it was a you know we play this games called Birds in the Bush, and uh, everybody gets three little you use anything little pieces of napkins, but you make three little balls and you put it in your hand and Let's say you have, you know, uh, four guys at a table. Uh, you know, there's a possibility of 12 uh, birds. So what you do is you, you put some in your hand. So if you want to put one up on the table, you, you, you hide the other two. You put your hand up on the table. Everybody has their hand out. And you each get a turn to guess how many the guy has in his hands in a group, uh, the overall number. So let's say you say seven. Everybody at the same time opens up their hand. You count them. And whoever gets it right gets out of the game, doesn't have to pay. So... That's one of our favorite games, <laughs> Bush back back then when I played. That's a good game, actually. That's kind of like socials when you're playing like, like the game, like fingers when your hands on top of the cup. That's a good game, actually. Oh yeah. My players yeah. will be all about that one now on the road. Um, best prank you have seen and been a part of? Ooh. Um, hmm. There's been some beauties, uh, you know, back in the day, but. Uh, I remember this one. The one that I that I did was pretty funny back in the days when we were playing. When I was playing with Gretzky, actually, and we were in Ottawa. It was the second last game of his career, and we were back in my hometown. And we had showed back up at our hotel, and obviously there was media for miles and miles, and they were waiting for Gretz. And Gretz was, you know, a little frustrated because he'd done a lot of stuff throughout throughout the day for people and stuff like that, and he was being you know generous with his time. Yeah. So I decided to be a funny guy, and I took my. Uh, suit coat and i covered pulled it up over my head and ran into the hotel and all the media turned and, and followed me in and uh, Gress was able to sneak in through the back door and he loved every minute of it so that was one of my favorite things that uh, that i recall doing back in the day most suspect thing you've ever seen in the dressing room or at dinner hmm. most suspect thing hmm, that's a it's a tough one to get off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe one of the most things, not suspect, but one of the weirdest things I ever saw was actually, uh, I remember playing uh, in Boston with uh, with Dennis Weidman, and he had got a Charlie horse, and he had to get, like, like emergency, like, he had to be cut open, like, right away. Really? It was, like, the weirdest thing ever, yeah, because... Uh, he was having some kind of thing going on. His leg was blowing up. So, Jeez. and we, we were able to see inside. It was really, really weird. But uh, that was probably one of the weirdest things I've seen coming in the dressing room for sure. Okay, so Mark Bell from Regina. He's an absolutely massive Bruins fan. Um, who is the greatest leader you ever played with in the NHL, and who commanded them and the most respect in the dressing room? That's a good one. Uh, I, you know, I've been fortunate to play for for a lot of good captains. And, um, you know, obviously I was uh, able to play in, in Calgary with Iggy when he was captain. And, 
he was a great captain and a good leader. Um, you know, and obviously playing in Boston with Z, uh, Big Z, he was uh, obviously commanding it, the size he was, the work ethic he put in, and, and uh, he was just a good human. So uh, I've been fortunate to play for a couple leaders. I'd have to say those two uh, stick out for sure to me. What kind of cash are you playing for when you're on the on the course? Uh, usually, you know, we got we got our money game. It's 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 pretty simple. It's just a twenty front, twenty twenty back, twenty overall. But press whenever you want to. So uh, it can get pretty hectic at times. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I lost a little money this weekend, and only you know being two hundred bucks in one round. So uh, it can get up there if you if if your partner's not playing well. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun game. Just twenty 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 press when you want. And usually, you know, usually we have eight guys or maybe twelve. So does it do it out of hand? It. Yeah, yeah, a little, little something else going on with everybody. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of games going. That's for sure. Low round. Uh, my low round, I, I've had a sixty four at Wildfire, and I've had a couple sixty fives at my other course, Kawartha. So those are probably my lowest two. Uh, I mean, two places that I play that, that I play often. So, but the '64 was a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, walk us I through it. Think, I only yeah. So I was playing. It was our member member. So, oh. uh, I, you know, I was into a couple waters and, and feeling pretty good. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good swing oil on the back, and that's where it all kind of came together. And I think I came off the front two under, and then all of a sudden just started making everything, and. Um, yeah, I think so. That would have been two under, maybe five under on the back. I think that's what that was. Yeah, so that's uh, that was just a great day. And and the funny thing is, is we came in, and you know how it is sometimes with the old sandbaggers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I go and shoot sixty four off a of zero. My partner's a my partner's a, a nine, shoot seventy nine, and we came fourth. <laughs> so it was. Uh, <laughs> We were. My partner was quite chirpy afterwards, letting guys know about uh, maybe checking their handicaps. Uh, but anyways, that was probably the best uh, round I had, especially you know it was enduring member member, so it's memorable too. That's funny. Actually, a buddy of mine, like last year, set our new record at our course was sixty four, and is he was playing a match against a guy, and he ended up shooting like eighty four, but he's like a eighteen cap, so he ended up beating the guy that set the new record of the course. He's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, so this is another good question here. Um, what are your thoughts on the new COVID golf rules? Well, I mean, I, I think that it's got to be this way. You know, it's tough, but you know, we're out there playing at least, and it hasn't been that bad, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not a guy who likes to pin in. I'm oh, I hate a it. Bit of yeah, so I'm having a little bit of trouble with that. I like it out all the time, and. It almost looks like there's a cover on the yeah. floor for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's so you're, it doesn't feel like you're making them as money putts. But um, I think the big thing for me, and, and I think it's the same way as you know um, when you play men's league, is that you know I enjoy that, and I do have a couple of drinks on the course, and but I enjoy that cold beer afterwards with the boys in the clubhouse, and and you know chirping a little bit about your round so i think that's the biggest thing i miss i you know i love the I, I miss the golf obviously i missed it but just that that one beer even if it's one beer afterwards with the guys and, 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 and talking a bit and shooting the crap with, at each other and talking about your rounds is probably the biggest thing i miss um this is a good one here uh, what was your ultimate career high during the your nhl career my ultimate career high yeah um 
like for for myself, uh, you know, I, you know, it was pr- it was probably when I when I was out for three months there with my with my concussion symptoms before I came back for the playoffs against Philly. I mean, that goal, it, it was yeah. really emotional for me, um, and and being able to score that goal and. And it just felt like a you know a weight off my back, and and you know thinking that I might never have played again before that, you know, it was pretty serious. So uh, to come back and do that is probably the most memorable thing I have in my career. How many hole in ones? Zero. Oh Zero man, me ones. too. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got, I got an albatross, and I've got uh, a lot of twos, you know, and from the fairway and stuff like that. But it just hasn't gone in the hole yet. And actually, it's funny you said that. Uh, on Saturday I was playing and we have a, we have a par three. It's one of our shorter ones. And, um, I don't know, my one course we have like, it's like an inch down. They put this plastic thing around and it's not very far down, but I hit a, a wedge in there and it, and it landed a foot path and it looked like it did something funny at the hole and it was sitting like half a foot in front of it. So you never know, but we all talk about how close we are. I just hope one day I get one. Well, I was, I've been, I was talking to John Michael Lowes the other day about this, and I was like, this would be the year that I get one, and I can't go in the clubhouse and just get absolutely loaded because first round of the year, our par fours now into a par three because they're at a fixing the fairway. I threw a wedge to like less than a foot, and it looked real tight. And I'm like, I don't even want a hole in one this year because I can't drink after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be, uh, be a tough one. It would be a cheap one, though. It would be cheap. True. One, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a good point. A uh, couple more questions here, Mark, for you. Uh, who would you pick as your ultimate foursome? My ultimate foursome? That's another good one. Uh, whew, I think um, Tiger Woods, obviously. I, I mean, I'm, I've been a Tiger fan in this era. Um, I think that I would probably... Uh, I don't know. There's so many guys... Um, after watching this Jordan thing, I wouldn't mind Jordan out there. Yeah. Try and, try and get a couple bucks off of him, maybe. And uh, maybe Gretz. Toss Gretz in there. Love Gretz every time I see him. So uh, that'd be probably my ultimate force. Okay, uh, last one here. Uh, what's your best golf moment? My best golf moment was was probably winning my first tournament. You know, I I had, I had played in a lot of tournaments. Uh and, and club championships and like the and so my first term and I won I I'd finished a lot of seconds and thirds and just couldn't get it done you know down the stretch and it's a different feeling you know when the pressure's all on you and um, I, I still had that hockey mentality though you know I wanted to go 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 and I couldn't yeah. slow down so once I learned to slow down a bit and I won that first one actually I, a lot of tears you know came to me uh, after winning that first event and. You know, I, I've been lucky enough to win five club championships now, um, and and a couple uh, course invitations, two of those. So, but still, every time you win, it's it's so great. And but that first one for sure, the first uh, time I won the uh, course invitational was was probably my best moment in golf. Okay, Mark. Uh, two quick little notes here that everyone I always like to ask all the guests, especially uh, you guys. Um, for our young listeners that are trying to make it as a hockey player or a golfer or whatever it is, a pro athlete some advice on, you know, just how to do it and what it takes? Well, I mean, I was a kid that just kept playing. Um, you know, I don't see it enough today. That's one thing. I I don't remember breaking up a great game of road hockey. You know, it's it's a lost art, but it's something I did. I always played hockey all day long, um, came home, uh, worked on my shot, played in the basement. You know, I'd even 
I, I loved goalie when I was growing up too. I'd even, you know, put on the gear and shoot off the wall at myself and, and try and make these big saves. So I was a, I was a hockey addict for sure. And, and that's the only thing I can say is, you know, play a lot of hockey, you know, get that ball out. It works on your hand eye and, and just really work on your skills, develop your skills. And, and I think that'll lead to some, some success if, if you want to be a hockey player down the road. Okay, Mark, uh, and again, I asked this question to you, you know, you and John Michael Lowes and Mike Cromer, all those guys, um, any good last send-off story here for all, all the listeners? Last send-off story? Um, hmm. Uh, I think of a good one here. I told, I told one of the good ones. Um, hmm. um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but... Uh, I mean, there's a there's a couple there's a there's a good trick we used to we do uh, with these one piece sticks now because they're hollow. Um, guys used to bring their sticks out to the bench and put their put their back up on the bench. Yeah. So I used to go by with a water bottle and fill up their whole stick. So they go to the bench to grab this stick, and I couldn't believe it. It would just be a log. Can't even hardly pick <laughs> it up, and then all the water falls out. So. That was one of my good tr- jokes I used to play, and, and we used to get a good laugh because you'd always surprise the guy. Even if you did it to him 10 times, you'd always shock him when he went to grab it. So that's probably one of the funny things that we used to do, but th- that's the most memorable right now. I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, but uh, hopefully that works. Our players actually do that all the time to some of our rookies, but actually our rink is uh, minus 48 inside the rink, so when they put it on the bench, it's freezing after. So unfortunately, they have to buy a new stick. But <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Kay, Mark, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate uh, you coming on and, and would definitely love to have you on again at some point here. Yeah, my pleasure, buddy, anytime. And uh, uh, good luck with the show. It uh, sounds like it's off to a good start. Appreciate it. Take care, Mark. Take care. Today's sponsor of Off the Hosel is GR Flooring. For all your flooring needs, contact Todd Ripplinger at 306-537-9074 or visit them in person at 1260 McDonald Street in Regina, Sask. Well, there it is, episode number 23 with Mark Savard and Scott Pritchard. Um, great interview. I, I learned a lot from both those guys on, you know, I mean, how they got into the, uh, the golf world, and obviously now with Mark, I mean, he played in the NHL, and yeah. now he's coaching in the NHL, and, and still plays competitive golf, great golfer. So uh, yeah. thanks to both those guys coming on the show again. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was just curious, I mean, what were your thoughts on today's pod? Oh, it was a great episode. Uh, thanks to those guys for coming on. And yeah, what do you got, Drew? I got nothing else, man. I mean, I missed Troy today, though. Yeah, That's my yeah. brother on the pod today. Yeah, I missed Troy too, and can't wait to see him back in here soon. Yeah. So quickly before we go here, uh, Twitter and Instagram underscore off the hosel, and Facebook just off the hosel. Um, I have nothing much more, Hags. Um, always a pleasure talking to you, man. For sure, you too, man. Okay, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Maybe next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We don't know what day it is. We don't know. We don't know. know, So, I mean, no, we can't know. We'll talk next Wednesday. Okay, see you, Danny. Yeah, see you, Koshi.